1: Bedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting, have piled on in. The Giants have won the pennant! Welcome back to the Thompson to Clark podcast. Brad, how many days are we before the Giants' first game of the season?
0: Well, we are, today we are recording this on Monday, March 29th. We are three days away uh, because today's over, right? I mean, you know, late in the day. Technically. Yeah. So you got Tuesday, Wednesday, and oh boy, Thursday. Full slate of games. Um, I've gone back to working uh, a couple days a week in the office. I'm home Thursday. Ooh, I'm very excited <laughs> as of this moment. I'm home Thursday. You know, I, as we've talked about before, I work in the world of, um, of, of the courts and uh, court system and, uh, and, and I do technology support for trials and hearings and sentencing and whatnot. So it could always change at the drop of a hat. But at this moment, I am home Thursday. I will hopefully have my MLB.TV subscription. And I'll be able to watch my fantasy players all the way up until the Giants play at, uh, what, 7 o'clock? Are we 7 o'clock that night? 7.10. 7.10 on Friday as well, and then 6.10 on Saturday in Seattle. And and we're in the middle of a pandemic, Seattle. You can't Mm -hmm. do a 6 o'clock start time. Mm You don't have to worry about people getting to the ballpark. Just I just do a 6 o'clock start
1: time for crying out loud. I know. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, really? We're, That's
0: brutal. has got to be that late. We're going to be up until 11 on opening night. <laughs> and i got to go into work the next day. So, oh, But I, I'm staying up. I don't care. <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah. So, Giants kick off the season. Uh, overall, what was their spring? Not that this matters, but what was the spring training record?
0: Oh, let's see. Without looking it up, I'm going to go 12 and 13 and five, I believe. Oh, yeah, because they had like those. You can just kind of quit the game whenever you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fourth inning, we're done. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, yeah, because I think they went into the Bay Bridge series at 11 and 12 and five and then split one one. So 12, 13 and five. That's without looking it up. But yeah, 500 ball club. Kind of what we were last year.
1: Yeah. Okay, so uh, the way that we're going to break down this show today, so a couple of uh, news and notes things, then we'll get to Brad's spring flings. I'm going to play a game with him. I'm going to surprise him. I'm going to look at some of the projections for some of the players who are going to be, if the Giants have a good season or a bad season. They will be part of that reason. And we'll look at projections, and I'll give Brad some numbers and get his uh, over-unders on those numbers. And then we'll just kind of look at uh, what this last week or these last few games meant for spring training as far as the season is concerned, uh, today's lineup specifically, uh, and then just expectations about the
0: team. But before we do, do you have an adult beverage for the evening? I do. I have an adult beverage. Uh, it is a very good one. Uh, this is one of those ones I like to break out every now and then. I, uh, you can only buy it in four packs. It's a beer. I ended up going beer. I know you and I were texting and and you're like, Hey, I've got this great drink and you showed me the picture. I go, Oh, that sounds good. I'm going to have a, you know, this, and then, and then I went with beer (laughs) because I can't decide, man, there's too many choices. But, um, in 1896, Right not 1996, 1896, this beer was awarded a gold medal um, for just being a fantastic beer. This is from the the old country. This is from uh, England, where Ash is from. And so I've thrown this beer out to him to see if he's heard of it. And he's not a big beer drinker, but he has heard of it. Uh, Samuel Smith. They make very, very good ales. This is their Imperial Stout. Um, It is from... North York's England, uh, Samuel Smith Old Brewery. And I really like this one. It, it is kind of a heavier stout. It's, it's 7%. So not, not outrageous on the scales. Some, some stouts here in America, imperial stouts are going to be like 11, 12%. Um, but this one's kind of got that really like brown sugary flavor to it. It looks like when you pour it, it's not for everybody because when you pour it, it looks like motor oil. Ooh. It is like black; you cannot see through it. <laughs> um, but it's kind of got that uh, real kind of date, plummy, sugary candy mm-hmm. uh, flavor to it, and, and it's a good sipper. So I've got it in a nice, uh, a nice uh, little snifter glass that I, I'm, I'm hitting at it. It's only uh, oh, yeah, it actually is twelve ounces. They used to make it in eleven ounce bottles, and um, over here in America, we get angry with that. We have 12 ounce bottles here, (laughs) so I think they finally decided to make it an 11 ounce or 12 ounce for us, so. That All right, is so my pick. So what do you got? You so, sent me a cool picture. This is an awesome product. Yeah. So,
1: but in, you mentioned Ash, and and so I just figured we we should uh, mention what we're going to do this weekend, which is Ash, who was on our podcast, Ash Day. He uh, is uh, he he's the Giants uh, writer and also MLB writer uh, for the UK uh, baseball website. Uh, what is it? Bat flips and. Bat flips and nerds bat bat flips and nerds. There you go uh, And we had him on a few weeks ago and it was great to chit chat with him about his experience and you know When he came to San Francisco and just becoming a Giants fan and all that and what we're gonna do is on Saturday, so they'll have games one and two underneath their belt We're gonna get together on an app called locker room now what locker room is it's like Drive time radio in the sense of I am going to host the show with Brad. We'll have Ash as our special guest and we'll all be on the platform to speak. Listeners who have the locker room app downloaded on their phone. I think it's right now. It's on its iPhone only. You will be able to listen to our conversation live. So it's sort of like a live podcast. And... We can bring you up on stage if you want to ask a question. If you, if, if, you know, we're, we, we will ask for thoughts on certain things and you can kind of come up and, and, and give your thoughts. Um, and it's a really fun, interactive experience. The only problem is, is you do have to have the locker room app on your phone. Um, I would suggest, uh, downloading Locker Room now, creating your account now so that when Sunday comes, You'll get, the, um, you'll get the little notification that we're going live. I think if you follow me or Brad uh, and then you uh, join the group, which is Major League Baseball, there's just one Major League Baseball room, we will put the podcast up in Major League Baseball, and you should get a notification there too. So join us on Saturday at noon. Uh, Brad or Noon Pacific, I should say. Brad, myself, and Ash. We're gonna attempt to do a live show through the locker room app.
0: We'll okay. put that on social media too. We'll we'll kind of pump it up this week just so everybody knows. As you were talking, I was paying attention, but as you were talking, I downloaded the app myself. It's there you that go easy. There you go. It's that easy.
1: Yeah, so, um, so we'll have that up and, and so now I'll talk about my drink because but you mentioned Ash and I was like, oh I need to, I need to remember <laughs> to say this. Uh, my drink is um, a couple weeks ago uh, during St. Patrick's Day. For the occasion, I wanted to have an Irish whiskey. And so, I went to the BevMo, we actually, uh, where we live now, the BevMo is closer than the Total Wine, so that is, if I have to go pick up, that's where I go, is to pick up at the BevMo.
0: I do miss BevMo, we, we don't have those here, and uh, it was walking distance from my apartment in Santa Clara, and I do miss that place, that was a nice place.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I went over to BevMo, and I was looking for some Irish whiskey, and I was specifically looking for a brand called Red Breast. And uh, Red Breast is something that was uh, somebody who, in, in a different group, not not in our Giants group, but in a different group that I'm, I'm in, we started a thread about, you know, whiskeys and and different styles of, of uh, liquor. And he said, you know, red breast." I was like, Oh, like that looks really interesting. Like I want to try it. And it's a little bit more on the expensive side because it's a small bottle. It was the 12, the 12 year. And it, it's really good. I, again, you know, I've mentioned this before. I'm not this whiskey connoisseur to where like you can taste certain things in your beers, and you're like, oh, there's a hint of <laughs> X, and I'm just like, are you making yeah. it sound like so snooty? Because this guy, I just have a terrible, I just have a terrible sense of taste. It's not acute in any way. But so for me, like the thing that is really awesome is when the smoothness of it, like we've talked about Uncle Nearest. Um, and this is this is very nice. It's it's very um, it's very smooth. Like uh, it's it's I'm I'm co- totally cool. Just like putting it, putting a rock in there and sipping it while we're doing this podcast. And so it's it's really nice that way. So that was my drink. Um, and. Uh, and, and yeah, I wanted to, I wanted, I saved it for this podcast cause last week was uncle nearest and I was like, Oh, but I have this other thing for Brad for the show. And it was a uh, red breast Irish whiskey.
0: And, I, and I'm looking on the total wine website right now. <clears throat> so we have it here in town. So I'm definitely going to get that, uh, 96, it scored a 96 on the whiskey advocate site and it, uh, won the best Irish whiskey at the 2019 international whiskey competition. So there you go. You got to get, you got a winner.
1: Mm hmm. Um, OK, so uh, let, let's talk quickly, like the, the one piece of news that came out right before we started was uh, Ken Rosenthal reported that the MLB is going to loosen protocols, COVID-19 protocols for teams that are 85 percent or more vaccinated. I thought that was fascinating, giving your team's incentives, giving the players incentives to actually get vaccinated. Um I don't know the percentage of players who are like, I'm not sure about this, you know, this vaccine. I heard it gets people sick and, you know, they're feeling terrible. I know the Warriors, I want to say like 12 of their players got the va- got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine like literally the day before a game and i was like oh my gosh like what if they don't feel well <laughs> right but um uh, and and i don't think they played very well i'm pretty sure they lost that game <laughs> but um i wonder like uh, you know the if Major League Baseball has a similar issue with some of the players being like, oh, I'm not so sure about this. I don't know if I want to take this. Um, We haven't seen it in action yet. I guess lots of people, lots of players uh, and managers have actually already gotten the vaccine based on depending where they live. But I thought this was fascinating, like incentive and the incentives are like, yeah, when you go work out, You don't have to wear a mask like, you know, when you're in the clubhouse, you know, it's a little bit looser. So that stuff is really cool. And I wonder, you know, it'll be interesting to see how teams play based on if, you know, if their protocols are loosened, because I imagine, you know, part of being comfortable and and feeling like this is a normal season is having less protocol.
0: Well, you know, what one of the big incentives actually was really cool, too, and this is kind of overlooked a little bit, but when you go on the road, if you, one of those teams with the 85% or more, you get to, if if that town allows it, that city allows indoor dining, you can go out to the restaurants because right now you can't, they don't, they don't want you to do any kind of indoor dining. It's it's more like they just kind of want you to pick up food and bring it back to your hotel and have it delivered. So that's a kind of a big deal. That's the camaraderie of being in a different town. Let's say you're in Cincinnati and you want to go out. I know when I travel I I like to find the local breweries. I like to go in, have a local beer, try the local pub food. because um, usually when you go to a brewery, you're gonna have a lot of really good local stuff if it's a good brewery. Uh, so, so that's kind of a, a pretty big incentive right there is you go to town, you don't have to sit in your hotel for four days, you get yep. to go out and experience the city. So, I, I these invented incentives are fantastic. Um, Another one is you get to have the family come along with you, too, um, which is always nice because you, you live in the house with them. You're vaccinated. They get to come along with you. So, uh, no, I, I think this is great. I really think they need to push it a little bit more. Uh, I had seen something on Twitter where one of the Cardinals writers had interviewed the Cardinals manager. Uh, uh, no, I can't remember his name at the moment. Um, and he said that he doesn't know because of a lot of players on the team are like you had said, questionable about the vaccine. They don't know if they're going to hit their 85%. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder how many teams are actually going to come out and say that. Uh, but maybe they, maybe he's saying that to say, guys, you know, we're all getting this done. Let's get it done. Let's get fans back in the stands. Let's yeah. get back to normal. Um, how, how long have we been vaccinating people? Since December and this is March mm-hmm. and we're not hearing any ill effects from it. Everything is fine. So, you know.
1: The, uh, yeah, the second shot supposedly is the one that is really, uh, I guess, giving people symptoms and stuff. Uh, how are you feeling? I know you've, you've had your you've had both shots now. How you're, you're feeling good.
0: Yeah. So I got my second on March 11th, um, it was a Thursday, totally fine that day. Sore arm, just like usual. If you get a flu shot, you know, that sore arm, it's a, it's the same thing. Um, the next day. I woke up and I was, eh, you know, I'm not feeling too fantastic, Uh, you know, a little, little achy, a little draggy. Um, And I was working from home that day. So I just continued to work, had a lot of stuff to do for court. And uh, man, I think I got to about 11 a.m., 11.30, and I punched up to a 101.5, mm. um, you know, fever. And I was like, hey, it's working. This is great. <laughs> so kind of rode out that storm, took a couple of Tylenol later that night, slept good. Next day, woke up, little headache, uh, and then that was it. You know, kind of disappeared after that. So, um, But now I'm able to go back to work a couple days a week still wear my mask, still do my social distancing. Um, you know, the wife and I were able to the kids went to the grandparents this weekend. She and I, she's vaccinated too. We were able to go out to a local restaurant, have a nice evening uh, last Friday night, went out, and I had a beer, she had a drink. We hung out, you know, masks off at our table, had some food, and we felt comfortable. So, um, you know, it's it's steps it's a little bit of a setback in terms of you feel like garbage the next day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it's for a good cause. It's for getting things back to normal and getting that uh, economy open and, and, and driven again. So I, I don't I didn't mind doing it at all.
1: Yeah, my wife had her second shot on Saturday and outside of a slight headache, she was pretty fine. Like we were, oh, really? yeah, we, we just, we chilled out and we made sure to not do anything. She was, uh, making sure that she had water and she had Advil and she just stayed on that regimen and she was completely fine the, the Saturday and Sunday. So I was very happy to see that cause I was a little worried that it would, uh, attack her because, yeah. you know, she, she can, she, she can get. Uh, some headaches here and there for weird reasons. So that's what I was worried about, but she was all good.
0: That's good. Yeah. I, I, um, I probably overdid it the next day. They tell you to make sure you rest and relax. I couldn't because we were going on vacation the following week. So I just had so much work I had to get done. Um, And I was, you know, packing and doing laundry and my wife and I were just both, she kept saying, why don't you just go lay down? Why don't you take Mm -hmm. the rest of the day off? And I was like, no, look at this list of stuff I have to do for work. So I think I pushed myself too far, but you know, five o'clock Friday night climbed into bed threw on, uh, uh, what is it? Big bang theory, Watched like four episodes in a row, took some Tylenol, drank lots of water and and then it's all good.
1: All right. So let's talk about the last edition of your spring flings as the giants ended their uh, spring training season. Who ended up on your final list?
0: Well, the final list. So there are a couple changes I didn't make. Um, One of them I kept on there. So, so I kind of have this theme I'm sticking with two and dropping two. I mean, you know, it could have gone another way easily. Um, You know had these guys not performed but Donnie Barrels is staying. He's staying on my spring fling list. Uh, this is the final one. He's in my heart now the rest of the season. I think, Garrett, you know how I feel about Donnie Barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when we were looking at our, um, our our National League keepers for our National League-only Fantasy League, I said, well, look at Donnie Barrels. He's only a buck. Look at him. And I kept bugging you with that. But <laughs> I just like him so much. He's just a machine. He's automatic. Uh, so he finished... The spring actually got a couple of knocks today. So he finished or, or one knock. Let me see. Let me do math. I'm doing math <laughs> in my head. He finished 16 for 38 on the spring, hit 421. Wow. Uh, three home runs, eight ribs. So he had a two home run week from the last time we talked. You know how many times he struck out this spring in 38 at bats? Three. Three. You nailed it. Oh, Just wow. three times in 38 at bats. That's the guy you want hitting in your two or three hole right there. Um, three home runs, eight ribs, uh, only walked twice, but he only struck out three times, one stolen base, and an OPS of 1.187. Speaking of OPS, there are, let's see, Slater, Longoria, Solano, and Yaz all finished the spring. With ops is over a thousand, Not and bad. that's awesome. I mean, yeah. you, those are your th- those are some of your starters right there. So,
1: and, but, yeah, but I mean, before we get killed, obviously, yeah. small sample size. You got to say that every time you talk I about know, statistics. Small I, sample size.
0: It's baseball, though. You got to get excited about something, <laughs> right? I mean, God, it's the spring. It's spring. I gotta, I don't look at spring stats too much the first week or two. But when the whole spring goes by and then today we finish our last spring game, I got to look at them and get excited just because uh, and and for fantasy players, too. Right. Don't you do you got to look at the spring stats and say, well, mm, you know, this guy was high on my list, but he hit one oh five this spring. Yeah. And struck out twenty seven times. So that might take you back just a little bit, but probably not. I mean, if it's like and he does that you're still drafting him first probably um so anyways i kept i kept uh, donnie barrels on my list another guy i kept on the list who had just another fantastic outing today and that's logan webb and he finished the spring at 2 and 0 wins don't matter a whole lot in the spring because you usually don't get far enough but um uh, he started five ball games. That was the most starts out of any uh, Giants pitcher in the spring. Seventeen innings, twenty-two strikeouts, and only two walks. And that is amazing—a point .53 WHIP this spring. Seventeen innings, seven hits, and two walks. And uh, his changeup is just nasty. Everybody's talking about his changeup, saying it could possibly be the best in the game. Uh, You know, that's coming from Kurt Casale, his catcher. But Kurt Casale also caught Luis Castillo the last couple of years, who is known for his nasty, nasty changeup. And if you've ever seen that thing, it comes up there like a fastball drops off the end of the table. Uh, And then watching Logan Webb this spring, the highlights, watching him in live games, that changeup's doing the same thing. So very exciting for Giants fans to have, have a guy who throws just a really nice Fastball and can complement it with just a dirty, dirty changeup. So, uh, and speaking of, I think when we talked about the um, starting rotation, I had him fifth. But when we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago, I said he could easily be your number three guy. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, here he is. He's going to be starting on Saturday. So he is our number three guy. Uh, Gossman got the nod to be the opening day starter. Quayda is going to go game two and then Webb will finish out the series on a Saturday against Seattle. I mean, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to blame Seattle. It's the schedule makers, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they finish out and then they don't play on Sunday. So, you know, figure on that. But those two guys had to stay. Longo had to go. And only because I'm starting to lock in those guys for the season. This is the last spring flings, like we talked about. So I'm starting to lock in those four players for the rest of the season that I'm going to just be eyeballing. Um, and so I had to drop Longo. He didn't do anything to hurt himself. Um, but I had to add Austin Slater. And Austin Slater is, had one of the best offensive uh, performances for the Giants this spring. He finished hitting 360, he was nine for 25. And uh he went over two today, which dropped his average down from 391 down to 360. His OPS though, one point three two eight. He had four home runs, ten RBIs, eight strikeouts. I mean, he is a strikeout guy. He's gonna strike out for you, but he is gonna put the ball in play and he's gonna put it in in, in play hard. And he's gonna hit it places. Um, he's gonna drive the ball, he's gonna steal you some bags. He had two stolen bases this spring. Um chatter is that he could be a 2020 guy if he stays healthy he's going to be platooning in left field with dickerson probably um and we're going to talk about some you know lineup possibilities against left handers in a little bit but uh he's going to be one of your guys in that lineup right handed platoon guy out in left field so um pretty exciting and then i had to drop off nick tropiano and you know why? Because he's not flashy. He's not sexy. <laughs> he's going to be your middle reliever. Um, but who is flashy and sexy to me, especially because I grabbed him for my fantasy baseball team. Uh, I needed closers. I waited too late to grab closers, as I do every year. But I'm throwing in Jake McGee. And do you know Jake McGee's nickname?
1: Uh,
0: It's not Willie. <laughs> It's not Willie. It's Mac cheese. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't with a Z and no E at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, it's, it's Mac cheese. So I had to put Mac cheese on there. Uh, he's your possible closer. Probably going to start the season, getting some closing opportunities. Um, he is a left-hander. So you could see other situations where, you know, you've got three left-handers in the ninth and maybe you'll see somebody else. Um, um, so he's not probably not going to get every opportunity right off the bat, but he does have closing experience. He went six and a third innings. Actually, let me just double check the update. I don't know if he threw today. Uh, he did not. So he went six and a third innings on the spring, with only given up one hit, didn't walk anybody, and struck out eight. So he had a, a nice whip of .16. So that that's minuscule. ERA of zero because obviously he didn't give up any runs. So Tropiano Longo off, Austin Slater on, Mac Cheese on.
1: Do you think the guy who gave him the nickname of Mac Cheese had a soul patch and was had a, ch- a thing a chew in the corner of his uh, his cheek there at the same? You know that that sounds like that kind of nickname is from somebody in the bullpen who's. Yeah. Uh, you know, spitting out seeds or, you know, playing games of like who can pull each other's nose hairs out because they're so <laughs> bored and stuff like that. Doesn't
0: doesn't bot doesn't button the top four buttons of his shirt. That guy is that who yeah, you're talking basically about? Basically, Brian Wilson. Did Brian yeah, Wilson, Brian Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Jake McGee? I didn't want to say game. it, but he, <laughs> with the tur- with the you know, who takes the turtleneck and then cuts <laughs> it like down so it's a scoop neck. Lady shirt. That, that's Bee Weezy. Yes. Bee Weezy meet mac cheese. See, that's how it went. Uh, yeah. Mac
1: cheese with a little bit of Cholula sauce on top.
0: <laughs> love the Cholula. I love Cholula on my eggs. Do you do Yeah, that?
1: me too. Definitely. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to play a little bit of a game. I mean, is, was that your last
0: spring fling? That was it. Okay, that was it. Good. That is the spring fling. For the season, for the spring, those are my guys. I'm going into the season with Webb, Donnie Barrels, Austin Slater, and Jake McGee entrenched in the cockles of my heart. All right.
1: We're now going to look at uh, projections for some of the better players on the team. Like I said, the players who will definitely... um, They'll be in the, you know, they'll be the reason for the Giants to win or lose or, or to be a good team or a bad team or to be an average team. And uh, so I wanted to look at some numbers, some projections. And we're using a website called RotoChamp. And basically they take um, projections from like, uh, gosh, there's like f- seven different sites, seven different websites, or may- maybe six different sites. And they make this composite. Projection. So I'm going to use the composite projection just so I don't have to do like all these different averages in my head. And uh, I'm going to ask Brad, is the projection over or under X? And I'll give him a number and, and we'll talk about what the projections are for each guy. So we'll start with Brandon Belt. We mentioned him a couple different times. It looks like he's going to be ready, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, I believe, yeah, because they're going with 13 position players uh, and they kept him up. And what they did is they um, sent Lamont Wade Jr. down and that was kind of the other guy because he could play first base as well, Lamont Wade Jr. So as soon as they sent him down, that was kind of a signal that Belt will 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 be on that that 26 man roster and one of the 13 position players.
1: Okay, so let's look at Belt now. In Belt's best year, that wasn't last year because we don't consider last year a full season. He only played fifty-one games, but last year he he had the highest OPS of his entire career, which was over a thousand. Uh, but in his uh, for, in a full season, his highest OPS would have been eight sixty-eight. That's in two thousand and sixteen. So OPS for this year, the projection. Do you think it is over or under? Eight hundred. I. Mm, I'm going to go under. You are correct. It is hey. 797. Though uh, three websites, under. <laughs> yeah, three websites have him uh, slightly over. Three websites have him. No, actually, four websites have him slightly over. Uh, two websites have him slightly under. But just the average comes out to 797. So he is projected to. Uh, be hurt for one <laughs> right no, no no website projected him to have over 500 uh, at bats uh, he is projected to definitely walk a, a fair amount strike out a fair amount that's Brandon Belt there but uh, power wise I, I was kind of wondering you know I think his highest uh, number of home runs in a season uh, has been 18 and they project him right around 18 so He's going to have, it's, you know, if, if he plays to projection, he'll have an OK year. But it'll be the same up and down Brandon Belt year that we're so used to all the time.
0: Well, yeah. And, and last year was a, a 2.1 war year for him, um, which I don't know. I'm trying to see here. No, that definitely wasn't his highest. Um uh, Again, you know the war last year. I wonder how they worked that in, because um, you can't really average that over 162 games.
1: Yeah, I don't so know I don't... enough about how about the algorithm to 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 create that number. So.
0: Yeah, I think he, he would have been on track, it looks like, if if they're doing it the way I think they do it. I think he would have been on track to have his career high, high war. His career high was 4.1 in three years he's done it, 2013, 15, and 16. So I think he probably, if you look at the games there, he, he was probably on pace to be close to five, maybe six. Okay. Mike Yastrzemski.
1: Okay. Had a terrific season last year, hit 297, 10 jacks at 35 RBI in 54 games, uh, a, a 968 OPS. Uh, this year, do you believe if we set the home runs at 23 for the season, hmm. is he over or under the composite projection?
0: That's a tough one. I'm going to go over. You got it. Because I think, you know, everybody's talking about him being a 30 home run guy this year. So
1: all the projection websites, they have him at 24 composite. Uh, the highest is 26. They have him at 26 homers and 81 RBI is uh, sort of the the best case scenario on these projections. Though uh, surprisingly, two of the projection websites have his batting average all the way down to the two uh, thirties. I, I was surprised at that. So you know, because he hit two ninety seven last year. That's that's
0: highly conservative. Um, uh, I mean, he's not going to hit two thirty. He he's going to hit two seventy to. 300. I mean, uh, that uh, probably going to hit like 285, 287. Um, and, and that right there is going to bring up his home run total. I, I say 30. I mean, I say he's going to hit 30. I know that, you know, the projections say, what was the highest? 24? 26 is and the 26? highest. 26? Nah, no, he's going to hit 30 this year. And he's you know, healthy. Yeah.
1: You know, the. I think what this is basically saying is, and I've heard people say this, which is, They started the season in the summer last year. So for the hitters, the weather was great. For the Giants playing at home, the weather was great. We missed... April and May and early June where it's maybe, you know, not as great a place to hit. And maybe the wind is is uh, is hurting fly balls a little bit more. So I think that is what these projection websites are sort of betting on is that's in these numbers. So we'll see, because I was surprised that uh, these numbers were that low. But then again, you know, he's he's only been a pro for 2 years he's had some success in both of those years and this could be the the year that he really proves that he's uh, you know an all-star player so uh, i'm looking forward to him in a full season and seeing you know, he's not, now now he, there's there's another year of tape or video or what I guess it's video on uh,
0: it's, yeah it's on gas uh, this year right so picture it's on gonna, half inch tape <laughs> uh, I think it's like a video cassette tape like Beta I think it's
1: on beta. <laughs> Betamax <Yeah. laughs> pull up the Betamax on my iPad <laughs> um, but you know that that's that's a thing right he's got to prove it. Now for the third year, and I think I think I, I'm leaning more towards what you think is you know sort of a 280s batting average yeah I, I don't know if he'll get to 30 jacks, but you know I kind of like that number 24 25 26. I think that I think that would be an outstanding year if, if those what the power numbers look like for him
0: yeah, and I still think it's going to go higher. I think what i'm what I'm gathering so far from this website and and the other ones that it's pulling from is that nobody believes. In what the Giants did last year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm getting so far. So let's see. Let's see what else we got. All
1: right. Well, so let's look at Donnie Barrels. He hit 326 last year, 365 OBP. Um, you know, I think he won what the Silver Slugger for uh, second baseman at age 32. And that was. Um, It's not really his best season because in 2019, he had similar at bats and he hit slightly for a slightly higher average and uh, almost the same OPS. So it's really been the last two years in a row where he's pretty much been at the level that we saw last year. And so now do these projections believe in him or not? If I was to give you the batting average of 285, would you be higher or lower than that?
0: Oh, come on. That's got to be higher. I even think, and, you know, Homer speaking here, um, I even think that he hits higher than his career high of
1: 330. So you think he's going to be in the mix for, like, Batting average title, Donnie. Oh, oh yeah.
0: Just like he was last year. Um, he didn't have enough play, uh, plate appearances in 2019 um, to compete, but he hit 330 in 2019. Yep. 228 plate appearances, 215 at bats. I say he actually hits. I'm going to go with 334 this year.
1: That is that is a lot of expectation for him. Lot the the rankings or these uh, these composite numbers, they don't believe he even gets to 500 at bats so, collectively. So they think he's going to hover right around 500, just a little below 500. So that means that, you know, Listella is possibly taking a B's from him, they think. Uh, and so they have him at 279. So so lower than the 285 number. Um, I you know I would be happy if it's even between this number and the number that that you're saying. Like if he's hitting, I don't know, three hundred even you know two ninety five. I think that's a very successful year for him. The problem with him is that he has to hit for super high average in order to get on base because he just doesn't walk. That's right. the problem.
0: He doesn't walk. Um, he's not an extra base hit machine either. Um, but I think he's getting better I think he's getting actually watching him I think he's actually getting better at using the entire field uh, He has great at bats even though he doesn't walk a lot he is still pretty selective um I, I, I see it going up above the 330 mark. I really do and,
1: and I and very again, much hope you know, that you're right by the way yeah
0: again not just saying that as a homer I you know feel very strongly. And he's on my spring flings. So we got that.
1: All right. Buster Posey. He is coming off of uh, a year that he missed completely. 2019, he had his worst offensive season ever, though... His power numbers were actually slightly better than 2018 when his power numbers were at an all-time low uh, for him, even in his uh, shortened season of 2011. um you know his power. He like he had 162 at bats and four jacks, and then 2018, 398 at bats and only five jacks. So we're dealing with a guy who's been, you know, struggling for the last few years, especially when it comes to hitting the ball in the ballpark. Though, my question to you is not solely going to be based on power. It's going to be based on slugging percentage. So it's not just home runs. It's extra base hits. It's high batting average. If I put his slugging percentage at 400, would you say higher or lower?
0: Man, that is a tough one. I thought you were just going to give me home runs. <laughs> well, and and,
1: and I'll, I'll kind of give you a little bit more information. 2019 slugging percentage was 368, 2018 382. So in order for him to get to 400, we have to believe that the hip problem that was hurting him, because previous to that, his lowest slugging percentage was uh, 450. So, you know, that's that that was quite a decline in slugging you know it or maybe it's actually it was a 434 in 2016 so still to go from 434 and then two years later you get 382 and then 368 that was quite a dive so we're betting if we say 400 we're betting on him bouncing back from this hip problem
0: i'm I'm going to say above 400 because watching him in the spring and, and maybe not necessarily from the home runs, he'll get a couple more home runs. Maybe, um, maybe, you know, he hits nine home runs, uh, but the doubles, he is driving the ball really well. Uh, when he was healthy before he had the little hip impingement, um, had to sit out for, what was it like seven or eight days, uh, came back and he is hitting the ball hard. It's coming off the bat over hundred miles an hour. Um, so I'm I'm going to go over 400 just because I think he's going to um, get some more doubles this year. Get back up into the maybe 30 double range, um, possibly. But even going up from from 24 what he had in 2019 that again that's he's got to get those at bats yep. you know he's got he's got he's, you know 445 at bats two years in a row uh, i think he's got to get closer to 500 at bats and then maybe we'll see that that uh slugging get up over 400.
1: so they have him collectively composite as 380 uh, the highest actually has him at 390. The one that thought he was going to have uh, the better offense. No projection website has him over eight home runs. That's kind of eye opening to me.
0: Hmm. I think they, they just think the power is gone, and it, and you know it very might well be. could be. Yeah, it might be. But but again, he didn't play at all last year, and then he missed, um, you know, a full week of spring. So it's going to take him probably a little while to get into the flow of things. He's not going to be catching every single day. Uh, They're going to ease him back in, make sure that the hips. Okay. Kirk Casale is a very, very viable backup. Um, Lots of major league experience, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, (laughs) honestly, I think that uh, there is not a couple days that go by that I don't think about Buster Posey and what kind of season he's going to have this year. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I mean, I I was out and barbecuing in the backyard, just listening to like Merle Haggard two days ago. Uh, The Giants game was over and I was sitting out there and barbecuing, looking over the fence, looking at the mountains and everything, having a beer. And then I just popped into my head, Buster Posey. Uh, you know, I wonder when the season's over, what the numbers are going to look like. And, uh, you know, cause he just had his birthday, just turned, uh, 30, oh God, 34, right? No. Uh, yeah. 34. Yeah. Just had his birthday on Saturday, just turned 34. So I wonder what those numbers are going to look like. We, you know, he's a fan favorite. He is the franchise at this point. And uh, so we, we want to see those numbers up really high. Is 41.8 war over his career. I uh, would love to see that get up over 45 this season, at least. So.
1: All right. So last offensive player, then we'll get to some quick pitching stuff. Cool. Um, Brandon Crawford, last year had a bounce back season. It was his first season since... Uh, 2015 to actually get his slugging over 460, 462 to be exact. And that was uh, sort of that that 2015 season was a little bit of a, a one that stood out because previously when it came to slugging percentages, even the two championship seasons that he, he was on, that the Giants won the World Series, his slugging was like below 400. And so, he has the 2015 season slugs, 462s, got 21 jacks, 84 RBI. He bounces back, 16, 12 jacks only, but his RBI were were still up, and he hit for a much higher average. And then the declines came, 17, 18, 19, and 20 is the bounce-back season. He gets his slugging back up to 465. And uh, so... If I were to give you the over under for home runs for Brandon Crawford last four seasons of home runs would have been 14, 14, 11. And then the shortened season last year was eight. So he was probably on pace for about 20. If I gave you the number of 12, would you say over or under home runs?
0: Over because I was thinking in my head I would have gone over at actually
1: Fifteen. Oh wow! So you yeah. think he's going to have a similar season to last year? As far as I think
0: the he's power. going to have a you know 15, 16, maybe seventeen home run season. Uh, I think the the hitting coaching staff uh, Ecker Veal and Lind. I think they've really worked with him and and found something uh, with him last year, uh, and he's thriving off that. Now here's the question though. Does he get traded before the trade deadline? Mm-hmm. Does he go to a ballpark that is not conducive to home runs? Um, you know, does he end up in uh, who? Who knows where? Uh, I don't know. I mean, even I, I was about to say Yankee Stadium, but if he ends up in Yankee Stadium, he's still hunting home runs, so they got a short porch and right. Uh, but but let's just say, for sake of argument, for sake of projections, that he stays with the Giants the entire season. I'm definitely going over on that number of 12.
1: Yeah, they have him at 14. So they think he is going to sort of be in between what his, uh, last year's season, you know, last year, not a fluke. And, uh, and, you know, the couple seasons prior. So, I mean that's that's good for him. He's never going to be a high average guy. I remember, gosh, this would have been you know in the mid two thousands. Kruk's like, oh, this guy's going to be a future batting champ when he figures it out. And I was like, no way in hell. He has too many holes in his swing. No way. But when he got a hold of one, he could you know he could get that ball out of there. So uh, yeah, if if they if they you know if he's hitting sort of where you say he's hitting. He probably will get traded
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and, and that's the, that's a bit of the problem you know we want to we want to see him do awesome um, but it depends on you know if he does awesome where is he in late July Who
1: knows? yeah all right
0: let's look at the, the
1: pitching uh, we'll just look at two starters and one reliever and move on. I want to get your thoughts on uh, Kevin Gossman. So, obviously, last year, he uh, he had a really good strikeout season. Um, he struck out 79 in 59 innings, so that is way over one per inning. Um, and he also uh, had a low whip, the lowest of his career, at 1.11. So, I actually do want to look at strikeouts, and let's see if I can... Because they don't have the K per nine here. Let's see if I can figure out the K per nine really quickly with some calculations. Yeah. Uh, San Jose State Education. All right. We'll set the K per nine at 9.5. So, 9.5 strikeouts per nine innings for Kevin Gossman. And last year, I can actually tell you what last year's was. Give me a second here.
0: 11.9.
1: Okay, there you go. So, (laughs) he doesn't have to go very far to get there right like he he, if 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 if, uh if he's at 9.5 that is probably very close to uh his career eh, not not really his career he didn't really become a strikeout guy like we saw last year uh except for the last couple seasons so uh over under 9.5 k per nine
0: that's another tough one because like you said his career is 8.5 k's per nine. Um, in Baltimore 8.2 then he went to Atlanta for two years 8.3 then he goes to Cincinnati and figured out the slider 11.7 then last year with the Giants they had him throw that slider more 11.9 so I'm going to go with over and mainly because he stuck with the Giants took that qualifying offer and said, "You guys found something in me, and I want to build on that. So that 11.9, I think, is going to be really, really close to that 11.9, possibly even over that. So definitely over 9.5." Well, I
1: wonder what was uh, DeGrom's K per nine last year because because you know you're talking um, you get you get to 12. You're talking like big time strikeout pitcher status.
0: Yeah. He led the league. DeGrom did last year for 13.8. Yeah. So that's like stud territory right yeah, there. And he didn't even win the Cy Young. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Let's move on to Johnny Cueto. All right. So, so you're right. It was nine. Uh, they have him at 9.77 K per nine. So Jeez. it was, it was definitely higher than that's
0: 9.5. Low. Cause I mean, it, if he has an off season and falters any more than, you know, it, it falters just a little bit he'll be in the 10 range i can't see him being at 9.7
1: okay so let's talk about johnny cueto obviously as we know last two seasons not great for him uh the year that he was hurt and he only pitched 16 innings in 19 he had a 506 era last year he threw 63 innings he had a 5.4 era uh and you can even go back to 17 where we started to see his uh you know some of this stuff come up because historically his first two years in the major leagues you know he was kind of figuring it out but then he had um gosh it's like eight straight seasons of of you know really being a a good starting pitcher in the big leagues and then in seventeen, he falters five point four point five two ERA, and uh, comes back in his in that year. Um, so it would have been his third year with the Giants. And this is, I think, where they kind of got some hope. But he only pitched 53 innings. He had a 3.23 ERA. Obviously, we remember 2016 when they signed him, he was on fire. Uh, but so he's had two, I would say three out of the last four seasons have been uh, struggling seasons for him. I'm going to put his ERA at 4.70. You're going to go higher or lower based on what you think these projections are going to be.
0: Why do you make this so tough? (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of thinking on a Monday after a full day of work. Uh, 4.7. Hmm. You're right. I mean, last year had his highest K per nine. Uh, One of his higher Ks per nine at 8.0. Strikeouts were starting to come back. Got tagged hard, though. Um, gave up nine home runs in 63 innings. Uh, had a horrible spring, but he's known for having horrible springs. 5.40 ERA last year, 5.06 in 2019. I'm going to go... I'm going to go lower than 4.7. I'm thinking in the 4.45 range. They have him at
1: 4.58. So not fantastic, especially because, as you said, they have him penciled as the number two guy. I imagine if he throws uh, similar to last year and the year before, he's probably either back back end guy or they're kind of sitting him down like I don't you know when you get to when you get to that level if the giants want to win baseball games and Johnny Cueto's given up you know five runs for every nine innings like it's going to be tough for him they're going to he he's going to have a mystery injury or something
0: well here here's the key though last year he pitched to Joey Bart for 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 a good part of the season mm-hmm. and Trump uh, and uh, Heinemann. This year, he's pitching to Posey. And Posey's probably going to be his catcher yeah. for almost every outing that he's out there. Um, and I think that helps him a lot. Very, very comfortable with Posey. Had a great, like you said, got a fantastic season in 2016. Uh, knocked around in 2017. Was having a good season in 2018 before the Tommy John surgery. And um, so yeah, I I can see that being below four point seven.
1: Yeah, uh, yep, that is a, that is a good that that would be I guess that would be an okay number for me. Like I'd be fine with it. It would him. be
0: a bounce back.
1: Yeah. You know. Um. Okay. So last one is the Giants. Tech is technically can we call him the closer?
0: Jake Mcgee, Jake Mc- <clears throat> Mac Cheese. Yeah, Mac Cheese. Mac Cheese is the current. Closer, let's just say that.
1: All right, you want to talk about up and down, up and down, up and down. That's basically been his career. He's had some amazing seasons, like in uh, 2012, 55 innings, 1.95 ERA. Um, in, uh, in 2016, he was kind of off target, 45 innings, 4.73 ERA. And worst year in his professional career, it was 2018, 6.49 ERA. And that is, i, I I'm just so, I'm, I'm kind of like surprised they threw him out so often because he's basically given up, you know, a, a run every one and a half innings. <laughs> and last year, he has like a season that, that, was reminiscent of something in the mid two thousand or 2010s where, uh, you know, he only throws 20 innings because we know it's a shortened season, but 2.66 ERA, best whip of his career outside of his uh, 2012 season. So 20 innings, 33 strikeouts, probably not going to duplicate that, but... <laughs> You know, only three walks at the same time. So you talk about this crazy whip, this crazy uh, walks per strikeout ratio. Um, he's throwing the fastball at uh, speeds he hasn't really seen since the mid-2010s. mid, to, mid to 2010s. So if I was to give you um, whip, and, and I'll give you his last five whips, Last year, 0.84, 19, 1.4, 18, 1.46, so not great. God. 17, 1.1, which is really solid, and then 16, 1.58. If I give you whip for Jake McGee and I put it at 1.25, are you going over or under?
0: I'm going under. Uh, He seems to... Be untouchable. He seems to have been untouchable last year for the most part. Um, did give up two home runs in 20 innings. Not huge. Um, and six hits in 20 innings last year. Well, like you said, only walked the three. His walks per nine <clears throat> have never been outrageous. Um, since 2016, uh, 2016, 3 point two walks per nine, then 2 point5, 2.8, 2 point4, 1.3. And you said 1.25? Yes. I want my closer to be under 1.25. I think he's got what it takes to be a closer giants pitching coaches are phenomenal i'm gonna go 1.10 so yes under 1.25
1: it is (laughs) 1.21 so they think that he's going to be on the better side of what he's been in the last four years so that's good at least the projections look that way so i'd be happy with that
0: yeah, no, that'd be fantastic. I mean, for a closer, uh, you don't want to walk, guys. Uh, you can give up a hit every now and then because you're going to be pitching around the plate. You want to get outs. Uh, so you are going to give up some hits. You just don't want to walk, guys, as a closer. That's a huge no-no. Um, so, yeah. So how did I do? 100%? You almost got all of them.
1: Jeez. Nice job. Look at that. All right. Are- um, all right. So let's talk... Last two things before we get out of here. Uh, The Giants threw out a lineup today that most people think is kind of going to be their lineup against left-handed pitchers. And how did that lineup do today? And I thought it was interesting based on where some of those guys were hitting because I would have assumed that some of the lefties would be actually a little bit lower than they were. But the lefties were, were there, but it was guys like Buster who kind of dropped below where I would have projected him. But yeah, what was the lineup and uh, how did those guys do in their last game to get ready against a left-handed pitcher?
0: So the lineup today, <clears throat> and they threw it out there and uh, you know some comments on, on Twitter were basically saying, this could be your starting lineup versus lefties. Obviously it had a DH in there cause it's spring training. So you got to take that part of it out. But, um, you go Slater and left Yaz and right. And Yaz did get hit on the hand today. Um, and, and everybody was a little worried because of what happened to Bumgarner a couple seasons back where he got hit in the hand on a line drive uh, on his last outing before spring and missed the entire first month of the season. Just real bad luck stuff. But uh, X-rays came back negative, uh, contusion, he's day-to-day. So will we see him in the starting lineup uh, Thursday? Uh, that still remains to be seen at this point. But so you had Slater and left, Yaz and right uh Donnie barrels at second Longo at third then Flores at DH so go ahead and take him out uh Belt at first base Posey a catcher
1: I mean you he, may uh, you may put Flores back in there and take Belt out realistically it, it, if there's no DH
0: th- this is true because we don't know if Belt even really going to start the season but we know at least this point he's not bad enough to go on the DL yes uh because they you know they would they would have a contingency plan for that, but they sent Lamont Wade Jr. down, so that tells us he's going to maybe miss a game or two. But but he'll be there. He can come off the off the bench to pinch hit as a lefty, no problem. Um so belt at first, Posey at center or <laughs> Posey at catcher, uh B short, and uh DuBon in center field. Uh so that could look like your versus lefty Lineup right there, and they did really well. Uh, I believe they scored seven runs today. I got to pull up the box. Um, but I was listening to the game, uh, crushing the ball per usual. That's just you know what they've been doing this spring, although they have had some games that have been a little frustrating. I think on Saturday they came up with what was it like two hits, three hits, lost five nothing, uh, and then they did that about a week ago too. Um, so that's always kind of maddening when you see that happen. But uh, again, spring training, playing guys out of position, guys are trying different things. But uh, let's see, Uh, of course, the, you know, the guy with two knocks today was Vossler. He's, he's probably, again, we, we haven't heard much about Vossler at this point. He's hit, he hit 300 this spring, but it doesn't look like from all the projections that he will be up with the big club mm-hmm. on the 26 man roster, which is, you know, unfortunate because he can play all over the infield. I think if Belt wasn't there, it would have been Lamont Wade Jr. or Vossler. Uh, but they did come up with 10 hits today. Uh, seven runs uh beat the seven to two so that that's a really nice uh that's a really nice verse lefty lineup i think i I like that and then when you go to versus righties you've got left-handed Listella, left-handed dickerson those guys will be plugged in um at different positions, you could see maybe Solano at that point have a seat. Listella in, uh, you'll see Slater out. You'll see Dickerson in, uh, and then I'll give you the nice heavy left-handed uh, uh, hitting lineup against righties.
1: And about our thoughts on this season, our expectations. We've you know we we've been now I think this is episode thirty-six. We've been talking about these guys for uh, 36 weeks last year, this year. I think we were surprised last year. I feel like, based on what we just talked about with projections, you have high expectations, especially for the offense, to kind of repeat what they did last year, whereas I think a lot of folks would say that they think the Giants are going to come back down to earth a little bit more. But overall, like, what do you consider a season in which you will not be frustrated. Uh you know, not saying that you not saying that they have to win the World Series for us to be happy like that not at all. Right. You know, we know that they're not going to be favored to even win the National League West with the Dodgers and the Padres there. But as your outlook, what do you think will be something that you'll be happy with as a fan when it comes to record and how they play against some of these good teams?
0: I think personally this year, because again, this is still a transition year. This is not the year that the giants take a step from last year. And, and, uh, you know, the expectation is this team will probably not make the playoffs. And, And that's, understandable because last year we had expanded playoffs, uh, this year, and I'm going to go into the numbers and I, you know, I'm not a gambler myself. I live in Reno, but I don't gamble. I just, I just don't do it. And, and, um, I'd rather take like my 10 bucks and I don't know, buy some music or something, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but it is always interesting. When, anytime we go to the casinos to eat or do whatever, you know, stay the night there. Uh, we do like the hotels here in town though. they're fantastic. Um, so we'll do uh, staycations at the hotel sometimes, and I'll, I'll head down and look at the uh, baseball futures and the football futures and stuff. So looking at VegasInsider.com, uh, th- the Giants are projected their over under win total is seventy five point mm-hmm. five. If the Giants are over that, if the Giants finish five hundred eighty one and, and eighty one, eighty two and eighty, you know uh, eighty and eighty two. I'm happy as a Giants fan because I know that they competed throughout the season. I know that they probably beat expectations as you know, if you're looking at the Vegas insider numbers, will they make the playoffs? Probably not. Uh, And and it's because you've got to look at the wild cards. Okay, Dodgers are going to win the division. Braves are going to win the division and uh, see who else we got here. Cardinals are going to win that awful NL Central that's going to be a mess this year you will not get a wild card probably out of the NL Central so the Giants are going to be be competing for those two wild card spots with the Padres and the New York Mets and those are two very good teams so again, I'm not uh, I'm not putting expectations on playoffs. I'm not saying if the Giants don't make the playoffs, I'm not happy with the season. If the Giants finish 500 in the still rebuilding, still bringing up youth players, uh, you know, having 95 <laughs> percent of the pitching staff on one year deals, um, probably going to be trading a lot of those guys in July. Probably going to be trading a belt and Crawford maybe uh, in July. So if the Giants can finish at 500 or very close to 500, that is a great season for me as a Giants fan.
1: I went and looked back at the uh, 2007, eight, nine seasons, because if this team Is sort of on their way up there is a gradual way that this generally happens and and if you look at so 2004 would have been their last really good season with bonds they won 91 games they came in second um, and then they went 75 76 71 and 72 wins over the next four years so from 2005 to 2008 and then they jumped from seventy two to eighty eight. That would have been the second Lincecum season. That would have been the Pablo breakout season. Mm-hmm. And then the year after that, they increased by four games. And and then you know they won the World Series that year. So, you know, looking at how that sort of generally works, and you know they've had their off seasons too. Two thousand and thirteen, they only won seventy six games, uh, and then they came back the next year and won eighty eight. Uh, the 2017 season was awful. They only won 64 games. Like they were one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah, but if you look at it from the perspective of they need to just compete, and they and they need to, you know, put put some some things together. The the, the difference, though, and and this is a, one of the weirder things about this team is when you have young players who are part of this. Like, for instance, in in 2009, Pablo has the breakout. You knew he was going to be there in 2010. Now, he didn't play as well, but you knew he was going to be there. You knew that Buster was coming. You knew that, um, you know, you had Lincecum and you still had Kane and you had uh, bad and good Johnny Sanchez. I, I don't have that. Perspective with this year's team to next year because like you said everybody's on this like crazy deal where they're just freeing up so much space So unless they bring up some of these young players to play We're kind of going into this season going like oh all of the guys on the team now. Yay We hope that you play well, but guess what you're probably not even gonna be on the team next year (laughs) so it's kind of Hard to look at it that way. You can't look at it as a traditional team that is kind of getting better and getting better, because most of those guys aren't going to be there uh, next year unless you know they have breakout years and all of a sudden you know you're re-signing guys. But that's the hard part about this is I don't I I don't. There's not a Pablo Sandoval on the team in the lineup yet who is 22 or 23 years old, right? There's a Yostremski and there's a and there's a Dickerson and you think that they're going to be good and then you know they'll get re-signed, but they're not like guys who you know are going to stick around. Now, Joey Bart, Helio Ramos, uh, guys like that. Maybe if they do come up, let's say, you know, after the summer or something or in the summer after the spring. You know, if they're up in June or July, then you're like, okay, this is kind of what we're we're looking at. But I sort of feel like if those guys are up, this team's really going to be bad. If this <laughs> team plays like how you you want them to play, it's sort of like, you know, the, we're, we we may trade some of those guys off, but not all those guys will be back. So that's why I'm sort of confused as far as how to think about this year. You cut, you want them to win, but at the same time, you're just like. Oh, you know, great. Brandon Crawford, he's having a great season. That's probably going to get him traded. Brandon Belt, oh, Belt's got 20 jacks and it's only July. He's probably going to get traded. You know, like that. I don't think yeah. that they go for it with these guys or they'll even have the opportunity to go for it with these guys.
0: And, and that's exactly why I think I set my expectations on a very fun, exciting season season. At eighty-one and eighty-one, you, you know, and like you said, because that's the thing, and 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 you got to look at this club too and say, Eliot Ramos, right? We want to see him up, but we want to see him with more than twenty-five games in Double A. We'd like to see him get a little tiny bit more seasoned. That tells you right there that this this club is not even one outfielder injury away from us seeing. Helio Ramos, because when he comes up, you're going to see him, you're, you're going to want to see him and then the ownership's going to want to see him play every day, not come up to be your fourth or fifth outfielder. Um, if there's an injury, Lamont Wade Jr. is coming up, you know, guys like that, you're not going to see your top prospects come up. If Kurt Casale gets hurt, are you going to see Joey Bark come up? I really don't think you're going to see him before you see Chadwick Trump. So it's going to be that June, July trades that really start to say, okay, you know, we're on projection. We're 10 games under 500. We're not competing for that wild card spot. We, these guys are having okay seasons. We need to get rid of, we need to get something in return. I don't care if it's a, you know, 28th round, low level pitching prospect, We got to get some of these guys moved because we now have to bring up our young guys and get them a half a season in Major League Baseball to see what we've got and working with the Major League Baseball staff. So I think that's just why I'm putting that whole 81 and 81 is a great season, because like you said, yeah, you you don't know what's going to happen. With this season. It's a weird season. It's going to be a weird season. You're going to have frustrated fans. But if you go into it knowing it's weird, this is X File season, this is just going to be strange because we're in complete transition, then I think you'll be okay.
1: All right. So the next time you hear us will be on locker room on Saturday after the first two games. Now we have the opportunity to put that show up in this feed. The only problem with locker room is that it's not a great sound experience so it'll sound a little bit different so if I can get it to sound nicely I will put it up on uh, on Saturday night uh, before, you know, around you know, maybe not too long after we do it but if it doesn't go up then you know that the sound wasn't fantastic but we would love to have you live so definitely Definitely get that app. Uh, if you follow us uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, we will have some posts up in our Facebook group, uh, Thompson to Clark. We will have a post about it in there. So yeah, it'd be great to have some people hanging out with us. And if nobody comes, then, you know, I'm sure uh, Brad, myself and Ash can talk forever anyway. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: um, but still, so it's fun. But are you saying that there's a chance I won't sound as sexy as i do right now <laughs> well you
1: well, well you and i will still be able to use our mic there's a trick that i'll teach you so that we can oh, use our mic yeah. but it's just the download of that show when uh, i when yeah. i put it up it just won't it won't sound exactly like this but it you know it, it'll be okay it's just the i, I think the iphone uh that the software uh that locker room has to use to encode or i don't even understand the t- terminology but they have to compress it i think So that the random person on their cell phone uh, sounds just as high as like you and me. So they're like, you know, they're making sure we're not too high and they're not too low. And so they're kind of compressing everything.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a mess.
1: (laughs) Um, All right. So uh, for Brad, I am double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.